Blog Talk Radio. And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Voodoo Rootless Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe of clifflow.com in scenic Teaneck, New Jersey, and in just a moment we'll be joined by our co-host Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjureman of conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we will be joined by a special guest, Papa G of BookMagicStudio.com in Nashville, Tennessee, bringing us today's topic of creative spell work. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo conjure or rootwork as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening. But if you're selected from among those who signed up for the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Miss Cat? Hi. Thank you, Clifford, for the intro. Um, we've got a really great show coming up. It's about um, bringing artistry to your altar and creativity to your spells. But before we go to that, I'm going to um, catch you up a little bit about the creativity that's been going on around here. Um, At the Lucky Mojo shop, we've started a new line of products, which are called the Mini Spell of the Month. So these are $15 mini spell kits, and they're perfect for the topic that we have today, and it was not designed that way. It just came out that way. In each mini kit, you get an altar cloth, you get a um, candle and a little star candle holder, you get a product, and it'll either be an herb appropriate to the design of the altar cloth. In other words, if it was a money or luck altar cloth with pictures on it, you'd get an, a money herb. If it was a love-oriented altar cloth, you'd get a love-herb mix. And then there's also going to be a stone or mineral. It might be a stone carved hard. It might be a tumble polished stone. And the other thing that you might get that might be a product would be a foil. So it might be incense powders, for instance, or it might be sachet powders or bath crystals. So it's all coordinated. Each month we will do a different mini spell kit for 15 bucks, And we'll probably keep all of the old ones in stock as we introduce the new ones. And this month... Our mini spell kit of the month is money. So we're going to show you a bunch of alternatives. They're $15. They come in a nice little, you know, uh, plastic wrapped, and there they are. Suitable for gift giving, if you wish. Suitable for yourself. Nice, cheap price. And they are a bit random. That's one reason the price is low. (laughs) So you're going to get um, what, you know, what we've got. And so if it's money, it's money. Okay, so we want you to be happy with these all-new product and $15 kits. We are calling them Bootsy Specials, and Bootsy is our black-and-white tuxedo cat. 
And those of you who follow us on social media will have seen pictures of Bootsy laying around with oils. And there's even a video of her nuzzling up against the um, countertop display that has the mini spell kits in it, and she's rubbing her head all over it like she's very pleased. She's a wonderful cat and um, has many, many extra toes. She's a polydactyl tuxedo pussycat. So Bootsy is the um, the one who's actually presenting the monthly mini spell kits. So check those out. We don't yet have a web page on them, but you can sure find out about them at our forum. And also there's an Instagram account. And Reverend Art, thank you for posting that in the chat. It's called Cats of Lucky Mojo. All one, all one word, all run together. Cats of Lucky Mojo shows pictures of all of the things that Bootsy is involved in at the shop, including just laying around and looking cute. All right. Um, now, the other news from around here is I want to give a big shout-out to Reverend James for working with Papa G, and a big shout-out to Papa G, who's about to be our guest, for working on the tutorial pages, the classes, the $25 online classes. And we've mentioned these before, and I'm going to go into them in just a little bit of depth right now. So we have 30 online classes. These are all about a one-hour video. There's then a Q&A with the presenter, which can be anything from 15 minutes to 40 minutes of Q&A about the topic. They have teasers or trailers that go with them, and they each have a PDF which you can print out or read online, which is um, instructions, two pages, eight and a half by 11, instructions that are sort of the summation of a good part of the video class, and will remind you of what went down in the video class. Now, these classes were originally taught at the uh, Hoodoo Heritage Festival. And at that time, of course, you had to pay for a lump sum for all of the classes, 10 or so per year, and you got a goodie box and everything like that. Right now, we're selling these classes at $25 a piece. So no big lump sum to get in. It's just $25 for a class. And I want to tell you, when people hire me to be a root work consultant, and there are many people who hire me for readings and many who hire me to teach them a spell, I'm charging them, if it's through air, I'm charging them $100 an hour. And if it's on Hoodoo Psychics, I'm charging them $3.99 a minute. You do the math about what that is per hour. For just $25, you get an hour with me, an X number of minutes of Q&A, and a nice teaser video, and a PDF for 25 bucks. So, folks, look at them. There are many, three of them by me, and there are, there are ones by Papa G. There's ones by Contraman. There are other people, Ms. Robin, uh, Reverend James, uh, Clifford Lowe. We have 30 different classes available. So these are available at, um, oh, <laughs> Shiva worked it out. <laughs> $4 times 60 minutes equals $240. There you go, folks. But you get it for $25. Um, so um, it, the, these are all available at hoodooworkshops.com. And we've been advertising and promoting them. But people seem to go like, I don't get it. How does it work? Well, you go there and you click the Buy It Now button. Or you can maybe click more details, and then from there you'll get to the Buy It Now button. And guess what? 
you pay with PayPal. It's as simple as pie. And these are amazing courses with absolutely the best people in the root working community. And um, there's so much available. And we're adding more as time goes by. We're going to be adding more from the 2023 Hoodoo Heritage Festival, of course. And um, there is a, a, a movement afoot to make extra ones that are not connected to the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, but just extra tutorials, one-hour tutorials with whatever we want to teach. And I know um, that there's a lot of tutorials that I taught in years past that people have said, would you repeat that? And they were never videoed, and I am working on getting them available in video form because I still have my lecture notes and I still know what I taught. But, for instance, there's one uh, that I did on candle magic, and there's one that Conjurman did on conjuring by threes, how to do a three-part spell. There's... Um, Papa G on hexing and cursing and jinxing. And there's also Papa G on tea leaf reading and Papa G on amulets, charms, and talismans. So these are fantastic videos. Don't pay me $100 to recite this out of my memory. Just get the darn videos. <laughs> okay? I think I've said enough. It's Hoodoo Workshops. Dot com and Papa G says, "Yeah, do both." <laughs> All right, Papa G. Um, but seriously, there is so much available, and I'm just scratching the surface. There's a wonderful Crossroads panel. There's a, a panel on uh, which is Crossroads magic all around the world. Uh, Reverend James doing on uh, Chinese Taoist moon blocks and paper talismans. Beautiful. Uh, how to Connect with Taoist Deities, wonderful workshop if, for those of you interested in worldwide magic and, and folklore. There's um, there's a, Clifford did one on lodestones on the altar. It's just, it, he shows you bunches of different altars, mini altars and larger altars that have lodestones and how to use lodestones. Um, and um, somebody asked, is Contraman's Evil Eye Talk available? Now, you may be mistaken. It's Jeremy Weiss's Evil Eye Talk. And yes, it is available. That comes out of a book written by Henri Gamache, which I edited and revised and added a, a good, I don't know, 30, 40 pages to. And then um, uh, Jeremy helped me on a few of the pages of the book, but Jeremy did the video presentation on the evil eyes. Fantastic presentation, and he tells it all. And we also have these books for sale if you want the books at the regular price of $12 each. So there's a whole world of learning for those of you who want to get in, want something less than taking my one-year course, and less commitment than taking my one-year course, less commitment than going to the entire Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Just get your toe in the water. Buy one or two of these workshops and see how you like it. There's one by Evan Lionheart on astrology. And, oh, my gosh, I, I'm just closing my eyes and trying to remember what else is involved. But there's um, – there's, Conjurman, help me out. What else is there? Two, two different ones for an, on doll magic. Oh, yes, two different ones on doll magic, one that I did and one that John St. Germain did on Cornhus dolls, and then I did a survey of dolls around the world and how to do doll magic. That's absolutely right. And there's one that goes with my book, Bottle Up and Go. It's all about container spells. 
And Contraman um, did one on skull candles and skull proxies, mm-hmm. candle magic. And, and Contraman did one called Defense Against the Dark Arts, one of his most popular topics. So, yeah, there's a bunch of these, and I really hope there's one for social justice with Miss Michael, Spells for Social Justice and World Peace. Really amazing uh, uh, workshops. Oh, and Lady Muse. There's one by Lady Muse on Manifesting Unity. And this is about um, working also for peace and for self-empowerment in, a, in the wider community. Um, now, um, Angela L. asked, you mentioned last week you still had some goodie boxes. How do we get those? You hold your breath and ask Papa G. And he's supposed to be putting it on the website real soon because Papa G and Roy are the curators of the leftover goodie boxes and um, that those are still available we just have to get them listed and on the website which is hoodooworkshops.com uh, Dr. Sweet says what was the one by the guy in Sweden I cannot remember his name his name is Johannes Gardbach that was a number of years ago and I don't know if I can get him to recreate his workshops one of them he did in person with a labyrinth he was jumping into and out of the labyrinth and running around the labyrinth i don't i'd have to get him all the way here to forestville to do it um or he might be able to do it in sweden um he also did another thing on bread spells and um that was really wonderful spells swedish spells have trolled him with bread um some of these, all of the ones that we're talking about, may not be available as videos, but they are documented in the black folder or the red folder in text form. And it's those that we're kind of taking requests on, which ones should we remake again as videos, okay? So that's what we're up to. That's what we've been doing. I'm sorry um, that this is just a long pitch, but there is yet one more factor in the pitch. Part three, get your tickets now for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. It's going to be June 10th and 11th, 2023. You can buy the whole package, or you can wait six months and get yourself them $25 each, and you won't have made any savings, really, because it's much better to be there in person and get the goodie box all included for your 300 bucks. So um, think about it. Save your money up and see what you can get. Okay, and the tickets are on sale now, and that is at a different website. That website is hoodooheritagefestival.com. And one of the things that Reverend James is going to be doing is cross-linking these. So you can go from Hoodoo Workshops to Hoodoo Heritage Festival and back and forth and back and forth until you get everything you want in the way of teaching. We're here to bring along the next generation, two generations, three generations of root workers. And one of the things that we're doing really a lot of work on is getting these things documented, shown how they're done, passing along the traditions as if you were there in person with a respected and noted elder. And I'm telling you, there are people here who know so much. Um, Mama Virgie is another one. Mama E is another one. Pretty much anyone with the name Mama, you know, is going to be somebody who's worth listening to. And um, that's that, that's it for me. Oh, and there are there's the Mamas and the Papas, right? Papa G and Papa Newt. Papa Newt is also one of the teachers at um, one of the workshops. So yeah, there's a lot going on, and you can um, select 
the workshops you want, $25 each. Okay. Whew. I think I've talked myself out. How are you, Conjurman? I'm doing quite well. Very excited to see many of these uh, old favorites now available for people who are interested in learning. It's in, in many ways a fantastic library for people who want to learn and grow as root workers. Um, and, you know, this, this is a, probably a, the best treat for uh, this time of year. If you're starting 2023 and you want to get off uh, on the right foot, you know, this might be the year when you become a root worker. This might be the year in which you really dive into root work and conjure and hoodoo. So what better way than to get into the workshops and learn those, those practices? Um, it is the end of the year. Uh, this is our last show of the year. And uh, I can tell you that it has been certainly an interesting and weird and funky year. Uh, and uh, a lot of my clients are looking forward to 2023 and trying to hope for a better future. Uh, every year when it comes to the end of the year, I get an uptick of clients who just want to know what the year ahead holds. They just want to know. And it's not always specialized in regards to like, oh, um, can you tell me if me and my ex are getting back together? Can you tell me if I'm getting your job? People just want to know what's the year going to look like for them so that they can start planning. And there's an element of empowerment that comes alongside that. So they're doing a lot of work in regards to that. In addition to questions about will I get back together with my ex? Will I land that job? There's been a lot of questions about like, what does 2023 look like? So I've been doing a lot of that. Uh, for people who are interested, I do have a couple reading slots open. I think I only have three left for the month of January. It'll be the only uh, slots available for the entire month. Uh, most of the others are booked. Um, so if you're interested in knowing what 2023 looks like for you, what a great way to start the year than to get a natal reading or year ahead reading, uh, find out which months are good, which months are bad, when your month, when your money will fluctuate, when new love will come into your life, when old love will show up into your life, it's the whole year ahead. Uh, 2023 is definitely going to be another one of those interesting years. I've already taken a little bit of a peek. Uh, when we come back next year, I'll give uh, some some brief remarks about what people can expect in regards to the year. But all I can say is 2022 is over. Good riddance, and may the new year be blessed and happy for everyone. Uh, if you if you have no other practice, then uh, I highly recommend that on New Year's, lighting a white candle and praying for the good. Start the year off strong, uh, hit the ground running, and hopefully uh, we'll make it a little bit of a better year than this past year. Because it was a really weird year. And everyone is getting sick. Uh, I don't know about you, Ms. Cap, but like everyone around me is like either the flu or this now we've got this triple pandemic thing going on. Have you heard about this? Where it's RSV, the flu, and they have and COVID going around. So it's been it's been a weird end to a weird year. It's been very weird. <laughs> very weird. It has been. I'm, I'm glad I'm to know that you. The next year. Yeah, I, we. I think we all are. Um, I'm glad to know that you've got some readings open because people ask me about your limited schedule all the time, and um, yes. I know that if you go to air right now, it says you're not available for bookings. So basically, if you want bookings with Contraman, you got to listen to the radio show on Sunday. He will tell you what bookings he has and when. Those okay. few openings that show up here or there. Yeah. Right. Um, um, and um, Wickway is up. Um, I think it was the one who said, and I may be wrong, I'm scrolling, scrolling back. Um, 
uh, said yes. Um, she says, I missed the witch, the priestess show. This is the witch, the priestess, and the cauldron pagan radio show on the Lucky Mojo Network. Um, mm. Elvira has moved to Arkansas, and um, that has brought a, a halt, if not a closure, to that series. But it's so interesting to me um, that you mentioned it because this very week we started our plans to do rebroadcasts and make all of the shows available with images and links, individual links in the Lucky Mojo forum, and there will be uh, links on a website, and we really, with 166 shows to choose from, it's a lot. It's a great series. That that show is wonderful. It's about goddess veneration and worship. It's about the seasonal holidays of paganism, and it's really a beautiful show. And um, Elvira is considering her options, so <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> we just had a conversation about it. Um, all right. Wow. Um, yeah, and and um, says, yay, that was a great show. Yes, and they did a wonderful series on Tarot. That is correct. They did a set on Tarot, and so did John St. Germain in the Crystal Silence League show series. And so we have two different Tarot series by two entirely different forms of practitioners. And we're also going to pull out you, – you can read my mind, hon. You're very good at this um, – we're going to pull out both sets of Tarot episodes from both shows and put them together and offer them as a little package. You know, it's free. They're already free. They're not going to get charged money. But we're going to do that because so many people want to learn Tarot from professional readers like John St. Germain and Elvira and Miss Phoenix. Okay. Wow. All righty. Well, Whew, that was a long intro. Let's bring in our guest, Papa G. I don't know if Papa G needs an intro. If you're absolutely new here, hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome, welcome, Papa G. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. I've been. I just throw you in at the deep end. Papa, yeah. okay, Papa G is in Nashville. He's the he's the <laughs> owner of um, Aroma G Botanica and 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 Papa G's Folk Magic Studio and and he's a Taurus and he's got everything he needs. He's an artist. He don't look back. <laughs> I've also been trapped in the back room of the store for the past two days because we just released something called the Mystery Box which is like 30 to $35 worth of product all in a box. Um, and then the box is sealed and shrink-wrapped, and you don't know what's in it. And wow. um, it's, it's only $29. Some of them had Lucky Mojo books. There was a few Lucky Mojo oils. There's like soaps and jewelry and stones and incense and um, all sorts of stuff. So they were fun to put together because I got to go all the way around the store and continuously shop for tarot cards and books and Things to put in there. One person is going to be surprised with a rose quartz the size of my open hand, and that's the only thing in the box. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It was a big, expensive one. So, you know, those are fun to put together. So, yeah, I've been trapped for days doing them because people keep buying, buying them by the armful, and I have to keep making more and more and more. So that's what I've been doing. That producing that's great. Videos. We're going to start doing live sales starting the 29th, where every other week we go live and show you crystals and stones and special jewelry that you don't normally find in the store. So I've been buying lots of stones and crystals, and when they come in, we're all like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, I want to keep that one. 
<laughs> I know that feeling. You know, that mystery box idea, and we're not stealing it from you, that was going to be our next thing we were doing after the mini spell kits. We've been talking oh, about the mystery boxes, yeah, too. So, yeah, we're going to – that's so funny. We're all thinking alike. And part of it is, <laughs> frankly, when you sell on the web, and as you and I do, um, there's this kind of like how many photos do you have to take of something to sell a few of them? But what if you only have a few and you go, gosh, I've got three of these. Do I need to actually make a skew for them and put them online and put them in the catalog? Wouldn't it be better just to throw them in a mystery box? They're great, but I don't have enough time to skew and identify every single little object out of 5,000 objects that we sell in our shop, right? Uh, I also did photograph the contents of about four different boxes just to tease people. Good idea. Very good idea. Yeah. So that's um that is wonderful. So we we are also going to be doing mystery boxes and uh, ours will be of course quite different than yours because we have an entirely different assortment. Yes, both of our shops carry oils and um you know, floor washes and perfumes and soaps and bath crystals and herbs. We all carry those things, but our but beyond that what we have is quite different. And so there is yeah, because overlap. we've been doing actually Sabbath boxes too, where the um, the the eight Sab- uh, the um, all the Wiccan Sabbaths, each whenever there's one, there's a Sabbath box that comes out. Right now, that we have a Yule box, and next I'm going to be designing the label for the Imbolc box or Candle Moss. Oh, how sweet! That's adorable. What a great idea. We will not be doing that. We're not that we don't have that much Wiccan trade. Our shop is mostly geared toward hoodoo root work and we have a much higher uh, number of African American customers who are Christian essentially. And um so we probably won't be we will not be competing on that one, but that's a wonderful idea. And um what I like to see we also have been doing some discounts on statuary. Um truth to tell the statuary world has begun to shut down from China. I don't know if you all have noticed this, but it's becoming harder and harder to get really high-quality statuary of the type that we used to get by the carton of individually boxed statues. And so we've decided to um, spend more time on spell kits, which we sell a lot of spell kits. And um, we're going to be doing more spell kits and less statuary. So get the statuary while we've got it. It's it's uh, going to be available at a discount, and we'll be announcing that. We've decided that what Lucky Mojo is really famous for is the quality of our oils and products and spell kits. So that's what we're going to be selling. And um, we noticed, of course, as the prices of goods go up, those larger spell kits are getting really up there in price. That's why we started with the mini spell kits. All right, well... The topic today is creativity and artistry in spellcasting and on your altar. So um, this is Papa G's topic, but I'm going to just open it up with a couple of ideas. The major ideas here are that um, you don't have to make your altar beautiful and you don't have to make your spellcasting look lovely enough to photograph for a magazine layout, but There is some joy and some pleasure in making your spell work beautiful. So I'm going to bring in um, Papa G, and he's going to talk about this from his perspective, and then I'm going to bring in my perspective, and Conjurman will have to say what he has to say, and then we're all going to kick it around and talk about what we do to make our spells 
beautiful and our altar is beautiful. So go ahead, Papa G. Thanks, Chad. Um, yeah, this the idea for this show kind of stemmed from it was it was probably over a year ago. Someone actually commented on a piece of spell work I did, and they said this is too beautiful to be real. It must be set up. Hmm. And I'm I'm like. Well, okay, I don't know where they got that from, but I can tell you I took four years of art, and I'm not, I'm, I don't like to waste it. I like to use it in all sorts of things. I use it every day in our business, from designing labels to doing displays in the store to choosing which colors go on the wall to the carpets that we use. And I continue that over in spells that I do and the way I set up my altars. Um, even my office is cram-packed. Being a, you know, a Taurus, we like pretty, pretty, pretty things. And yes. even Roy talked about recently or something, I was like, I, I can't move here in my office. He said that's because you're a Taurus. He's an Aquarius, but <laughs> so his office is very zen. Mine has like um, two different antique cabinets full of the um, divinatory teacups in it, and there's a big um, sculpted throne in the center, and in and, and the edge where I can sit at the table and read tarot cards. And my desk is oversized, and pictures on every wall. So, so yeah, I like a lot of visual things, and I think it can help in in spell work too. Um, some of the early pictures that are on my air page show where we would use basic little trays to put things out filled with aluminum foil, Reynolds wrap. But now I Mm -hmm. use, like, silver platters because people can get silver platters at the Goodwill, at at thrift stores, for $5 and just shine them up. um, That's right. Because I use silver platters, I bought a little heat gun, and that's how I clean them off. So I can melt the wax cool. and then clean clean them off, and because I'm not gonna, I'm gonna take the time to stick them on the freezer. You can do that too, but but that's one of the things you can add. Adding more beauty to a piece of what spell work is putting it on a nice ornate silver platter, and uh, not all the silver platters are are from old estates or anything or estate sales. You can get them at the Dollar Tree, and they're not plastic. They are actually metal. They're little, right. little rectangular ones, but we use those too because they're they're pretty, they're shiny, and they're not not aluminum foil. But sometimes I will still put aluminum foil on the bottom of something that's very special that I don't want to mess up. But yeah, you know, um, another thing about doing spells on trays. Um, this was introduced to me a, a number of years ago and I, by um, a student of mine, and I've forgotten her name. I apologize. She talked about making trays for altar setups so that she could pick up and put them away on the top shelf of her mm. closet. And so these were portable altar trays. And so she was using larger hotel service trays that were either oval or rectangular with the ornate you know, Baroque edging idea really took off. And she, she really, whoever she was, I'm so sorry, I've forgotten her name. She really put people in the idea of these, of these movable altars. And then Angela Marie Horner, 
um, who is a member of AIR, she then began talking about using these same kind of portable trays. She'd gotten that idea, and she began using these portable trays for putting sigils on, paper sigils that she would make that were circular sigils, and they would just fit on these circular trays, and she'd do the whole layout, and then she could um, reuse them also. So this is a wonderful way to work if you have either a place that is um, going to be visited by people who you don't want to have see your altar work for reasons of privacy or necessity, you can then put those trays up and away. And there they are. They're, they're, they're hidden away, but you can take them down on whatever day of the week you're working. If you only work on a Friday, put it up, bring it down on a Friday. So a wonderful way to work with beautiful trays. And they, I also use brass um, uh, stuff from India and China. There were back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and into the 90s. There were a lot of handmade brass trays and um, bowls that were available from India and China. The Chinese one usually have a long life symbol at the bottom, you know, um, soldered on, and they're somewhat dimensional. But uh, often they'll have a lotus flower edge. The ones from India are usually done with um, engraving, real quick engraving designs. They were sold everywhere on the West Coast, and I'm sure they were sold on the East Coast. Maybe not in Nebraska, but they 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 have drifted into the thrift stores, and you can find them now. They are brass, so they do have a little bit of a value. They're not like a stainless steel stamp, stamping that has been silver washed, which is what the cheap trays are. But they are real brass, and they often have copper, copper and brass together, and they're wonderful. Pick them up at thrift stores. I have bought so many of them. Also, while you're there, you can find brass candlesticks, um, and of course, the Goodwill and the St. Vincent de Paul will charge you because they know that brass has a value, and so does copper. So you're not going to get them for 50 cents like you used to back in the day, but you'll get them ever so much cheaper than you would on eBay. And they used to be so cheap, I'd go and buy them polish them, and then sell them at Lucky Mojo as vintage candlesticks. I don't even bother anymore because you can find them on eBay. Just look up vintage brass candlestick, vintage brass tray, vintage brass bowl. You'll find tons of them on eBay and often in groups, you know, 10 or 20 pieces. And, um, yeah, they're expensive to ship because, ugh, they're heavy, but that's so much cheaper than buying them new. And they really are beautiful, and they have a lot of character to them. You know, there's another thing you can get from the Goodwill and everything, which is is pieces of crystal. And yes. what I do, because sometimes, you know, with the heat, we'll break a crystal um, tray or whatever, or bowl, is I buy like a 50-pound bag of, um, it's not it's not play sand, it's more like artist sand. It, it's very clean, um, very clean and very dry and put sand in the bowls to, um, if there's spillage of the wax or whatever, it spills out the thing, you just scoop it up. you get a 50-pound bag, who cares, put in more. But it's a way to also use, like, crystal and things that would mm-hmm. normally break to absorb the yeah. heat. There are, there are sometimes, because people don't know about antique glass, I have actually found real cut crystal, antique lead glass crystal vases from the 1890s put in the same shelf of the Goodwill where they have the pressed glass imitation cut glass crystal from China. They can't tell them apart, and they're all there for $2 each. And you can sometimes score some incredibly 
a good piece is if you just pick them up and go, gee, that's pretty heavy. <laughs> you know, I've even found Fenton glass, all kinds of glass pieces at the Goodwill. They have no idea what they are, but um, because you know, hey, it's just glass. You know, um, that's a that's a wonderful way to work. Now, um, Balkan Diviner says I've also heard of people making altars and shelves, hiding them there. That is true. And um, bookcases or cupboards with a door, this used to be done with Catholic altars. You would see reverse-painted glass. It would look like a medicine cabinet, and there would be a drawer underneath. You'd pull it out, and there would be all the things that you would then set up, the two candles, the cross, and the whole thing would be a portable altar in a, in a little drawer underneath a reverse-painted glass picture of, say, the Virgin Mary or, or the Christ child or whatever it might be usually the Holy Family, something sort of neutral like that. Wonderful way to work. Those are going, if you want one of those authentic old ones, are going in the neighborhood of $1,000 to $4,000. Good luck. But you can make your own. You can always make your own. Get yourself a little medicine cabinet that has a pull-out drawer. And you've got to be handy enough to make this drawer flip down. Like the way that a, a computer desk drawer flips down, you know, it closes up and you close it, opens down, and you can see the keyboard. You want something that you can uh, take that front, make it hinged, and then um, if it's got a glass like a medicine cabinet, you just put a print behind the glass, and now you've got this this print. You open it up, open it down, and you have an altar that no one will know what it is. You'll have your candles, your candle stands, your incense, your um, incense burner. Everything will be in that drawer. It's a very easy way to work, and um, it can be very, very beautiful. So um, um, we have uh, another um, thought here about creativity and artistry, and that is laying out the altar. Okay, So uh, when you see people who've got a scrambled bunch of candles, some vigil, some freestanding, they've got a bowl of incense, and it's all just hodgepodge on their altar. It's okay. I'm sure God doesn't give them a B-minus for artistry, uh, you know, because God is really loving and, and whatever. But why not have the angel Uriel give them an A++ for artistry? Archangel Uriel is the archangel of art. And so I try to teach people to make their layouts of the altars beautiful. And I'm going to just briefly mention some of the best layouts. So in hoodoo, and these are not coming out of ceremonial magic necessarily, but just out of straight-up hoodoo, as it first began to be published in, you know, from the 1890s through the 1940 era, we began to see people writing about what they saw when they went to root workers. So one of the simplest is burning candles in a triangle. I think I've mentioned that in every book I've done, every workshop I've done on candles. So burning candles in a triangle can mean laying out a triangle, say of sachet powder or herbs, or just draw the lines in your head. And it usually it's an equilateral triangle. And you would have a candle at each of the points of the triangle. And then you put your petition in the middle or your... Um, what you want to consecrate, your stone crystal ball that you're concentrating on. It could be your mojo that you're empowering. It could be whatever. Some people will put a Bible at one side open to a, a psalm or verse, and on the other side their incense, and those would be with the point of the triangle away from you and the two flat ends you know, facing you. And then in the center, whatever it is you're empowering. Um, there are so many ways to do this. And burning candles in a triangle is very old. Some people burn it with a triangle flat side 
we call it, you know, the base toward you and the point away if it's for something spiritual. If you want it to be something uh, more mundane or something coming to you, you could put the point facing you. And so you would have three money candles perhaps with some money and the point facing you and you're absorbing all that money energy. So push away, come toward, you know, um, you can talk about broadcasting or receiving. Many ways to look at that triangle. Another form is the cross. So we're talking here of an equal-sided cross or an X, like a crossroads. That's the African crossroads emblem, which is used in so much African magic and is very important in hoodoo with a center point. And so that is an equal-armed cross or equal-armed X, like a railroad crossing sign, with something at the center. Four candles. These candles can be oriented north, south, east, and west. These candles can be oriented to the four corners of your room or the four walls of your room and so forth and so on, however you like to do it. Some people like to burn candles in a Christian cross form, so they're going to make a cross of seven candles. And um, you can look in my book, The Paper in My Shoe, I think, and in Art of Voodoo Candle Magic, you'll see how it's done. So those forms are done in a more Protestant Christian, the, the so-called Christian cross form. You can make a six-pointed star. That would be six candles. Um, you could envision it as a hexagon instead of a circle, but you can also envision it as a Jewish um, star of David, and you could also envision it as an upward-pointing and a downward-pointing triangle interlocking to show both uh, manifesting and distributing of energy. And so that's a, another one. You can do an eight-pointed star, which is usually used for really concretizing things, you know, to make them real, a job or something like that. If you don't know how to draw an eight-pointed star, look it up. If you want to be very eccentric, look up how to draw a seven-pointed star, and you can do that. If you're a Wiccan, you would probably want to make a five-pointed star. And um, if you're satanic in the orthodox Satanism, it would be a downward um, five-pointed star. And if you're a Wiccan, it would be an upward five-pointed star. Those are all geometric uh, ways to lay out the candles on your altar. And when you do that, you can then put things at the points, such as herbs, stones, whatever you want, each dedicated to one of those points. And you mm. can also then collect them together, put them on a plate, put them in a mojo bag. So, Conjurman, do you have an idea of how to make an altar beautiful? Yeah, I'm a big fan of including I, uh, imagery on your altar. I have a question okay, before we move to the next thing. Okay. Because it's, it's on the topic you were talking about. Um, I'm sorry, Conjurman. Yep. Uh, while you were talking about candles, one thing yep. that I do is, and I think it's British witchcraft, is on my altar, on the left I have, I want you to think of the high priestess card. On the left I have a black seven-day candle, and on the right I have a white. Oh, wait. That's, yeah, and you can find that kind of working in the Master Book of Candle Burning by Henri Gamache, in which there are always extra candles at the back. And they can be different colors, but black and white is good, or they might be colors for the uh, prospect of what you're looking at. And in The Guiding Light to Power and Success by Mikhail Strabo, there's also ideas of laying out what were called master candles. And Christians would lay out a Father, Son, and Holy Ghost candle. Um, Jews might lay out a single candle for God. That background candle is very common. You're absolutely right. I'm sorry, Conjurman. Not, not forgive me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I'm, I'm fond of candles in the background as well. Uh, vigil candles in particular. 
Um, I love using imagery and statuary and altars, particularly the altars that are long-term, uh, statuary of saints, statuary of, of spirits, um, even uh, statuary of deities, of people who work from a polytheistic fashion or with a pagan fashion or work with other gods. Statuaries are very powerful, particularly if they get loaded for a particular purpose, but they don't always have to be for gods. They can be for purposes as well. Uh, you can include imagery. It's a way of creating beauty. Now, I, I should confess, despite being a Taurus, my altars are actually quite rarely beautiful. They're, they're over their work, so there's always wax on them. <laughs> they're always sort of a, a jumble of a lot of things on there, but there is an aesthetic to them. They look a certain way. Uh, one way that you can incorporate imagery if you don't have a lot of artistic skill is actually using the tarot. So, for example, I teach clients that are setting up condition altars, like if they're doing conditions, to use the tarot in picture frames. So, for example, in a love altar, what you can do is you can take the lover's card, the two of cups, and the ten of cups, place the three into a picture frame on the back of the picture frame, put a small envelope with some rose petals, anoint the entire thing with love me oil, place that at the back of your altar as decoration, as a spiritual uh, anchor of sorts, and then do your love magic on that altar. Burn your honey jars on that altar. Do your moving lodestone spell on that altar with the image of the tarot in the background. You could also print out images. It doesn't have to be the tarot. The tarot just has some very powerful archetypal imagery in it. But you can also print out, for example, uh, things that represent love for you or things that represent success. For example, if you're doing a money altar, take the first dollar that you earned from your paycheck and place that into a picture frame and put that in the back of your altar as symbolic of the wealth that is being drawn towards you. You could also use astrological symbology. If you're doing, for example, a love altar, putting up the sacred symbol of Venus. Um, there's both the symbols that are uh, weird, no, that are familiar, the planetary symbols, and there's also the symbols that are found in the various astrological texts. Any of those can be placed up, and there's ways of beautifying altars. Imagery, symbols, statuaries don't just beautify and make the altars beautiful, but they also bring in a great deal of spiritual potency. They act as talismanic objects. They act as ways of cultivating power on your altar. If you've got an altar for trade and you put up the symbol of Mercury there, you're invoking Mercury's power. You're bringing that power into your altar. If you've got an altar for a happy home and you've got the Ten of Cups uh, tarot card on that altar, you're bringing in the power of that Ten of Cups. So imagery, statuary are all really great ways of working with altars. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read what Cliff Lowe said. Um, he's, put, he's our announcer, and he's a quiet announcer, so he's just typing. He says, mm. when I deal with difficult situations, I create a quincunx, which is otherwise known as a five-spot with the primary candle or candles at the center and use four Van Van candles, that would be for change, yeah. or four Blockbuster candles, that would be to move things really fast, around it. And that's mm -hmm. a great way to, to work. Um, Balkan Diviner says, Orthodox icons are my favorite to display on devotional altars. Look yeah. at the symbolism displayed, colors of the saint's cloth, and find befitted mm -hmm. items. And then Clifford jumps back in with, I have an oversized Rider Waite Smith cards on many of my altars signifying goals. Those oversized Rider Waite Smith trump cards are really useful, really, really good. Mm -hmm. And um, 
Wick away is up says you can also make a vision board and that's a vision board yeah. is kind of like photos of what you want the house you want to buy the car you want mm-hmm. and I'm going to add something else to that and that is maps instead of an altar cloth when you're looking for a place to live or something I also use a map um, as a on the altar and uh, move the candles around to get to where I want to get to on the map. And that's kind of a vision board, kind of a a candle spell. Now, that brings us to altar cloths. And I'm just going to throw in a a big um, hand wave toward gold lame cloth. I'm a huge fan of gold lame cloth. Um, You don't want to ever lay it down flat. It's boring as hell. You want to let it ripple and flow. And it will make the most eye-catching patterns and um, and waving shapes. Um, let it fall to the floor and crumple at the floor. Don't let, have it hang straight. It never looks good. You want it to have so much gold lame cloth that it just bloop and ripple and everything. Just a big shout-out to that as something that attracts the eye, attracts the eye to the uh, swirling, chaotic pattern that it creates, but it's take some artistry to lay out gold lame cloth in a really nice way. And, of yeah, course, another... Okay, go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say... Oh, I was going to say, another thing, another thing that people use for cloths is handmade lace. And um, yeah. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan mm-hmm. of handmade lace, lace pieces. And, again, you can buy these at um, eBay and Etsy, slightly used. I, for a long time, didn't have a lot of money for beautiful handmade lace, and I'd find pieces that were slightly spotted. They had a little rust spot or a little tea stain. You can put a candle right on top of that tea stain, and nobody sees it, including myself. Or you can take the whole piece and dye it another color if you want to, although I prefer mm-hmm. them to be white. They're beautifully made. And you will put them on an... Um, an underlay, either beautiful wood underneath or you can put them under a solid color. And uh, handmade lace is so lovely because you're having the energy of the person who made that lace. Uh, Catholic churches used to discard handmade lace altar cloths. And, um, yeah, I don't know why, but you used to be able to go to the St. Vincent de Paul and find these things that some woman had spent four months tatting this thing, you know, and uh, the and got a little stain on it from wine, and the Catholic Church just put it in a little sandwich bag and sold it for a dollar. <laughs> Those days are gone. But you can find a lot of that stuff at Etsy also. Similar to that is doilies. Yes. Which, which oh, you yes, can use. doilies. And um, yes. there's, there's, there's so many different things you have to think outside of the box. It's like I have a lot of plain shelves on the walls around my altars, which hold all the figural candles and everything. So what I did was bought yards and yards of um, castled fringe, uh, um, tat, um, yeah, fringe that is tasseled. It's like mm. red and gold, and I mm-hmm. actually ran, ran hot glue on the edge of the shelf and just pinned it right up there. So each shelf has tassels hanging down from it. Oh, which really brings the space in. Um, something else I do is collect things for certain spells. Um, I love to do crown of success, crown of achievement spells for people. And I have like three different crowns that I use that, that I put the seven-day candle in the center of. One looks like a rhinestone queen's Crown. Another one looks like a medieval king's crown. Another one mm-hmm. is sort of um, mounded up very tall and the kind with the cross on the top. 
and that mm-hmm. one really sits in the background. But, you know, some of these things, you know, were ordered. Some things, I think the crown cross I found at a thrift store. Mm-hmm. There, are, um, there are permanent altar cloths that you decorate your altars with, but there's also temporary altar cloths that you only yeah. use for a one-time spell. So one of my favorite ways of working, uh, and this is great for if you want to get someone to return back to you, is you use that person's old underwear as a temporary altar cloth. So you set their old their underwear or their boxers or whatever they are, if it's large enough, on the altar. You do your candle spell on it, making sure that it burns down, and then you take all the leftover wax, wrap it, knot the underwear, use the, just take the underwear, knot it up, and bury it in your front yard. That person will come right back to you. So you can use people's clothing. If you see their underwear is too small, you can use their old shirt. Ideally, a shirt that they haven't washed, you will do the love magic on it. Then when the wax melts all the way down or whatever the working is done, the lodestones, etc., you knot it, bury it. So temporary altar cloth, and you can do that for things that are uh, destructive as well. You can use, for example, a skull altar cloth, wrap, do your cursing work on it, and then when it's done, wrap it up and bury it in your enemy's front yard. So temporary altar cloths or for one-off spells that then help to contain the spell remnants themselves. There are also seasonal altar cloths. I just got to jump in. I just got to jump in. I would say this is about creativity and artistry. I would say Mm -hmm. someone's dirty underwear as an altar cloth is more creativity than artistry. That's just my opinion. (laughs) Not not the underwear. (laughs) On the other hand, if if your lover has some, you know, beautiful bias cut rayon lingerie, maybe that's a little more artistry. (laughs) Less pretty, but more more creative. (laughs) Yes, right. Go ahead, Papa, um, you had something. Uh, there's also a seasonal altar cloth, depending on what, you know, you can go by the four seasons. Um, you may have something, a different color for each thing. If you're more a little bit more Catholic, like right now, you might have a purple altar cloth because you would not move to a green one until we were in the phase of when Christ was actually, um, mm-hmm. you know, when born resurrected. There's different colors depending on different liturgical colors, so... Mm-hmm. Or that's you may just choose something real, that you true. like. Yeah. Yellow for um, spring or something. Yeah, yeah. Cliff Lowe uh, says, I use lots of dollhouse items on my altars to represent what I desire in a compact way. And I'm going to put in a note here. Uh, dollhouse items come in two scales. There's 112th scale and 124th scale. There's also 132, but hardly anyone uses it. Uh, 112th scale is very close to Garden Railroad scale also. And I have on my altar, for instance, 112th scale trucks, pickup trucks. I like pickup trucks. And and put in, I have one that's a nice old pickup truck of a model that I used to have a long time ago. Um, And in the back of the truck is the um, graduation card of a, a... person that I happen to be married to, but it's his old original name, and it's a beautiful engraved little card, calling card, and then because when I met him, he was very heavily and still is heavily into gaming, but he particularly grew up during the board multifaceted dice era, I had him give me a, um, a set of these fabulous swirled 
colored dice. And so that is a truck that carries him, my Lord of Cars, to me on the altar. And so, mm-hmm. yes, dollhouse items are good. Angela Marie Horner uses actual dollhouses to do peaceful home spells. And she puts the little people in the windows, and she puts them in the little house. And um, that's a lovely way to work. I'm a big fan of garden scale, garden railroad scale, or what's called G scale. One twelfth scale is a good, good close enough number for it, or one twenty fourth scale if you like working at that size. Um, you can get anything you want. You can get chickens. You can get children. You can get grandparents. You can get all of these um, characters, and um, I just wrote one word, Pricer, P-R-E-I-S-E-R, Pricer, makes these um, figures for these um, garden railroads that are not like dolls because these are people in occupations, firemen, policemen, um, ladies in bikinis, um, guys um, roasting sausages over grills. You name it, they're all there, and you can get them as Pricer dolls. Okay, or oh, they're not dolls, Figure. You know, I, I did something up. one time that's the opposite of that. Just where I actually second. built Just a dollhouse. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Just real quickly, I was going to throw in, um, in addition to dollhouses and like inanimate objects, you can also put in, or I mean, a, a plastic object or whatnot. You can also put in natural items like actual roots, stones, etc., on the altars themselves. I'm a big fan of decorating your altars with things like John the Conqueror root, Master root. These things can go on the altars as permanent objects, not as just one-offs in a mojo bag or in a candle spell. You can keep a John the Conqueror root as part of the beautifying of the altar, and it brings power to it. Same thing with master root, bowls of althea, uh, various herbs and roots can be placed on the altars themselves. Yes. Okay. Well, um, I think that um, what we're talking about here is how to make your altar something special and unique. Mm -hmm. I'm also going to put in a big word for fresh flowers or living plants if you have enough sunlight to keep the plant going. Or if you can rotate plants in and out of a sunny space and then rotate them into a shadier space where your altar is. But cut flowers are wonderful. And when you get those beautiful uh, glass crystal vases at the Goodwill or thrift store, Mm -hmm. you can certainly uh, get some cut flowers. I recommend more than any other cut flower as value for money are carnations. They last longer in the vase and they are cheaper for the quantity you get than roses or daffodils or irises or any other flower. Carnations are your bargain and uh, fresh carnations, if you get them from the grocery store or wherever you can find them from, when they are tight in the bud, they will last for mm. at least two weeks before they open yeah. and blow. And dry okay. too. Yeah. Bargain flowers. All right. There's our music. Boy, well, we hope we've given you a whole lot of ideas for how to make your altar as beautiful as it is effective, and how to add creativity to your spell work. And I want to see all of you posting pictures on Instagram about how you've made your altars more unique and beautiful and fun. All right, we're going to be taking a call from a client, and that is the realm of Clifford Lowe. So take it away, Cliff. Uh Uh-oh. No clip. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located 
You can't hear me? Mm-hmm. Can I be heard? I hear you. Hello? Uh-oh. Clifford, we hear Clifford. Clifford Is anybody there? He- Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. Right. Support for Clifford, this- we hear you. <laughs> Uh-oh. Is he gone now? Okay. All right. Sorry. Support for this program is provided by Lucky Mojo Curia Company in Forestville, California, and located online. I can't tell whether I'm here or not. All right. Clifford, you are. I what should I do? Uh, you are here, and I I'll hope just continue you reading. watch the chat. I'm located online watch at LuckyMojo.com and it's... by the association. Uh-oh. Um, something has gone wrong. All right. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and Ethical and authentic mm-hmm. conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-884-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's client. Our caller, Starry Skies, calling from area code 516. Starry Skies, please, are you there? Yes. Yes. Uh-oh. Excellent. All right. All right. You wrote, I feel like I inherited a family curse. I'm doing things like them that I know are keeping me down, but I'm having trouble stopping. It is like my brain just follows along, and I'm astonished at how I'm like their negative traits. I need a reading and work to help me lift myself out of the situation. I also believe that there's a psychic link between us that I need to break. Turning it over to you, Miss Cat. All right. Um, uh, Reverend James, our IT expert, has just posted, he seems to have a five to ten second delay that he's hearing. Thank you, Reverend James. I, that was a perfect diagnosis. <laughs> we'll see what we could do about it by maybe having call back in again. All right, starry skies. Um, I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. What is your sign of the zodiac? I am a double Aries. I have a sun and a moon in Aries. Oh, do you know what your rising sign is? No. Okay, just curious. That's a, a sun and moon in Aries. Now, you say you feel like you inherited a family curse, and I want to get a little bit of um, clarity on this, because the family curse could be anything from, you know, alcoholism to bad temper tantrums. Um, Is this something that has um, caused hardship in the family? You know, I think I used the, the wrong term. I think I should have said there's... I just feel like there's a psychic cord between me and my aunt and my mother that I want to break. I see. Okay. All right. So it's not a curse per se, but there's a link that you feel is unproductive and not what you want. Um, and a psychic cord is what you call it. Um, uh, and so um, I'm just going to say a psychic link between you, uh, your mother, and your aunt. Okay. And how do you want to break it? All right, I'm going to read some cards on this subject and see what I've got. Okay. Um, I have, um, using the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, um, the first 
card I have is a really an interesting card to me because it is not a great card. And I hate to start a, a reading out with a bad card. Let's hope they just get better as things go on. Because this card is called the Devil. And it does show you are chained or tied to limitations and things that are not benefiting you well. So this card shows two people. They happen to be male and female, but that's not as important as that they're two human beings with chains around their neck. The chains are are going to a ring, a metal ring of iron, and that's screwed into a black um, rectangular plinth, and on that sits the devil. And this is a card that says to me, there are chains that tie you to the past. The devil has his hand up with the symbol of Saturn on it. There are chains that tie you to security. Uh, the woman has a tail of grapes, which stands for fertility, and it stands for uh, DNA lineages. And the man has a tail that has fire on it, which is to say uh, anger, temper, and also um non-beneficial habits. So what I'm seeing here is, yes, that is absolutely true. But the one thing we know about the devil card is that you can pick those chains up and take them off your head if you're like these people. They have no tight ring around their head. The chains are loose. So part of this is your will, your willpower to say, I'm just walking out of this. It isn't even so much that you have to punch the devil in the face, and it isn't even so much that you have to, you know, uh, condemn your mother or your aunt, part of it is just taking the chain off and saying, I'm going my own way. So have your goals, have your thoughts, have what you want to do as you move forward. And yes, you can do a cord-cutting type ceremony. That's fairly common to mark such a change. But it also says to me that this is partly something you simply haven't done which is walk away. So the next card is a very good card. And as I said, when you start with a bad card, we always hope the good cards come later. So this card is called the Two of Wands. And it's a card of a person who has a, a globe of the earth. And they are looking and they're going, I can sail over here. The earth is not flat. It's round. What I was told was untrue. There's a whole new world out there for me. But what is happening with this guy, and this is called a delay card, he needs to have companions. He has no ships to sail with, and he has nobody to help him on the ship. So he has an emblem of roses and lilies. So this talks about companions of blood, which is the roses, and companions of soul, which are the lilies. And I think that you might want to have a mentor, teacher, companion, um, a friend, could be a therapist, it could be even a dead mentor who speaks to you through books or videos. It says something that says you need a little bit of a helper. You are aiming in the right direction. You have to move out of the situation. Again, this doesn't call for some giant burn them down to the ground spiritually with spell work. It really says move on move on is your best um, choice here. And the third card is a card that is a little bit worrying to me. It says you might have gotten this advice before and not used it before. So this card is called the Four of Cups. 
And this shows a person who has been offered a beautiful golden cup, and he said no to it, and he let it be set down on the grass in front of him by the little angel that brought it. And the angel went back to heaven and brought him another cup, and he says no to it. And these cups represent the heart. They represent spirituality. He says no. Angel goes and get a third cup. He says no. And now we see the fourth cup, and this is called the fourth refusal. So don't refuse help when it is offered. It may be that people have offered you ways out of this according to their own cultural, spiritual, religious, or other methods, and you haven't taken them. All right, I'm going to turn this over to Papaji. Hello, Starry Skies. Um, while Kat was talking, I'll pull three cards for you. Um, it's sort of the energy is about the same, but the message goes in a different direction. The first card is the Six of Swords in reverse. And this is, if, if this card were turned around the upright, it would be about moving forward. But it's more about a difficult transition. It's hard for you to actually get into the place where you disconnect from your mother and your aunt in whatever way you can. Also, it can mean resistance to change where the dynamic that you're in with them, you're used to it. So there's there's sort of this, even though it's not healthy, it's still this thing that you resist to to disconnect even though it's not good for you. Um, the second card is Knight of Pentacles in reverse. Now, this one is important for me to take the upright position because normally it's about being straightforward and direct and very simplistic, and it can be about hardworking, sticking to a plan. But in reverse, it's about your progress is too slow. You're at a standstill. Um, you're, you're not actually taking action. You talk about it. And you know that something you need to do, but, but it's like you don't move, move forward with it and actually just do it. Because the last part is um, judgment, also in reverse, which which can mean, you know, think of judgment and the, the opposite of judgment. It's like avoiding self-evaluation. It's like... Avoiding the question, what part do I play in the in the dynamics of this relationship? What happens if I disconnect myself from it? What what will my life be like without them? Um, the way they act, do I play a part in it? Do I sometimes also instigate it, or it possibly not true? I don't know, but. The whole thing all together shows, there's an old saying, um, shit or get off the pot. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, if you want to disconnect from them, this is disconnect from them. Stop talking about it and do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I understand that. And it's true. Both of our... Um, uh, both of our readings kind of go in the same direction, and we're not so trying to the emotions pile up. behind them. Yeah, yeah, we're not trying to pile up on you here, but we're seeing that in some sense, the um, 
that there is a there are delays caused by your overthinking this perhaps and not taking that um step i i call it step off the porch right same thing <laughs> but a nicer <laughs> way to say it um you you're going to have to move forward all right well let's turn this over to conjurman and he's going to give you some spell work yeah, I think you've gotten some really good recommendations here. Uh, I'm going to give you some simple work that will help to move things along, to help to kind of uh, remove the situation in this sort of from the stuck state that it's in and help to kind of empower you going forward. So what I want you to do is to get yourself some blockbuster incense. Get this incense, place it into a sensor, into a thurible, uh, light the incense and let the incense smoke. Then take a white and black double action candle. So it's a candle that has two colors, white and black. On the white, you're going to write your name and the word power on it. On the black, you're going to write all the things that are holding you back, including the names of moms, aunts, etc., that you feel are, are kind of parasitic here or that are holding you back, but also things like fear, anxiety. Write it all on there. Black and white candles are, are big enough that you can do this. You're going to take the Van Van oil and anoint the white portion of it, leaving the black unanointed. Then, while praying and as this incense is rising, place this onto some type of chopping board. Take a nice, big, strong cleaver and cut this candle in half. It may take two swings to cut through the the, the uh, wicks in the middle, but that's okay. But take a nice, with good, strong intention, cut and cut right through the wick. If you can feel the wick in the knife, just give the knife a little good back and forth, and it'll cut through it. Now you should have two separate candles. Take the white candle and light this candle next to the blockbuster candle. Let it burn down. Take the black candle to a river. Throw it in the river over your left shoulder without, and then walk away without looking back. You're not going to light the candle. You're just going to throw it away. You're going to remove it from your life. When you come back home, what I want you to do is get yourself Van Van bath crystals. You are going to bathe in this Van Van bath. You're going to dissolve it in some warm water Bathe in this, washing yourself, calling upon whatever higher power you believe in, God, the creator, etc., to empower you, to give you strength, to help you to make the right decisions for yourself. Then you're going to create a mojo bag. Into this mojo bag, I want you to put Queen Elizabeth Root, John the Conqueror Root, Master Root, Bay Leaf, for clarity and for uh, wisdom, and Solomon seal roots to give you some clarity because there, there is a lack of clarity here in this situation. You're going to place each one of these one by one into a flannel bag, praying as you do so, calling upon the power of each one of these roots, calling upon them to bring you power, to call, bring you strength, to help you achieve and accomplish all that you seek to do. Pray into the bag, Knot it three times and then feed it with a little bit of whiskey. Keep this mojo bag on you. It will be your ally. It will help you in your ways forward. 
Once a week, you should take the mojo bag out of your pocket or wherever you keep it, hold it in your hand, pray over it, breathe on it, feed it a little bit of whiskey. When you're not carrying the mojo bag, you should underneath your pillow so that it will offer you its power. This is designed, this working is designed sort of in three parts. The first is to remove that which has held you back through the breaking of that candle, disposing one portion of it, and burning down the candle and incense with the other. The second is the cleansing bath, which will help to... Van Van has a fantastic property in that it both can remove, it can cleanse, and it simultaneously empowers. It sort of works both ends in that regard. So Van Van is great. We want to physically get that onto your body. And then the third is to give you a talismanic helper and object that will help you move forward. A lot of this, the sort of jump off the porch or taking that leap of faith that Ms. Kat and Papa G were talking about will be helped along with this mojo hand. It is important to note that all the spiritual work that we can give you will get you nowhere if there aren't some physical changes that happen in your life, some decisions. There is an element of at some point you've just got to be able to take a leap. You burn a thousand candles, but you never take the leap your life won't change. So just bear that in mind, that these are all tools that will help you, but at some point there needs to be some decisions, some action taking at the practical level uh, in this regard. The three-part working that will help you in this matter, remove what's holding you back, empower you, and then give you the strength to make the right decisions for you. We have a couple minutes. Let's see if Papa G and Miss Kat have anything further to add. I have a question. I heard of the roots that was Master Root, and there was something else. Queen Elizabeth Root, John the Conqueror, Master Root, Bay Leaf, and Solomon Seal Root. Okay, QE, JTR. <laughs> okay, I got it. Um, Bay Leaf and Solomon Seal. Boy, you're good. All right. You got anything to add, um, Papa G? There, one one thing is, and I don't know how deep you want to get into this, is for your aunt and your mother, if if you know of anything, if you want to think about it, is maybe think about why they act the way they do, and if you can possibly at one point, some point, understand that, it might make it easier to deal with them, be around them, coming from a place of com- compassion, if there is a good reason for it, and if not, then go ahead and proceed and quickly. But it may help you. You know, if you don't want to completely cut off, it, if you understood why they do what they do, it may help you to look at them in a different way and be like, okay, I get it, and um, I'm going to ignore what you just said because I see why you, why you react that way. I, I'm going to ask um, uh, you to also pay attention to that card I got, the Two of Wands. You may need a mentor and guide throughout this process. Um, you have become entangled with these other people's energy. And, of course, there's a good reason for it because they're your genetic relatives and even direct ancestors. And so there is a um, an entanglement there. But... Um, But not all ancestors are worthy, and you can divorce yourself from the family, and you can move away. But use the help of a friend or mentor, teacher, or guide as you do so. All right. Well, now we have our network schedule announcement, followed by the free spell. (laughs) 
The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment for our special guest, Papa G of FolkMagicStudio.com in Nashville, Tennessee. Take it away, Papa G. Thank you, Claire. Um, this spell called the, uh, which really fits in this show, the Magical Altar Cloth, where you're actually going to pick out a piece of fabric in a pattern that really suits you. If someone were to look at this pattern, they would say, that is so you. Um, you it could be a scarf. You can go to the fabric store. Um, you may cut up a, an old piece of clothing that you really liked, and so it's flat and use it like a cloth. And then you'll, you're going to need that. You're going to need a small piece of paper and a pen, a little piece of lodestone, and some Crown of Success sachet powder. And what you're going to do is write out a petition in a way that focuses on bringing in creativity and success to you. Um, things like, I will begin to become more creative. I will look at the world in a more open-minded way. I will find beauty in even the simple things. I will begin to notice patterns and symbols and all the fine details that I normally take for granted. With my eyes fully open, I will begin to create beauty in everything I do. So that's to to make you more aware of the beauty in your surroundings. And what you do is you dust your petition with the crown sachet, uh, crown sachet powder and blow off any excess. And place that small lodestone in the center of the petition and fold it towards you three times. Place that petition in the center of the cloth and fold it or roll the cloth around it. If you roll, it won't um, have creases in it. And allow it to stay that way for about three days and three nights. So when that the third, uh, the fourth morning occurs, when it's been three days and three nights, you can take the petition out of the cloth, put it in somewhere in a safe place. But now you're going to use that cloth as your altar cloth. So it actually is imbued with the energy that you're going to begin to create things. You're going to see things in a new way. You're going to look at the world differently. And if you don't have an altar, you can you might use it to wrap your tarot cards in or something like that. And if you, you're not a tarot card person and you don't have an altar, then just fold it neatly and put it, slide it in your pillowcase or put it under your pillow and sleep with it for seven days with the intention that your brain begins to absorb the idea that your eyes will be open. It can even be used to open the third eye to see things magically in a new way. So that is how to imbue a magical altar cloth with intentions. That's really great. Apoverty, that's really nice. I'm going to give you a big uh, shout-out for saying roll it towards you so as not to put creases in it. I love that. That's just me. I think that makes it ever so much nicer. Um, But, you know, because if you're going to use it as an altar cloth, you don't want it to have creases. However, 
let's say you folded it, and now you want to get rid of the creases. Um, one way that people can get rid of creases in altar cloths, that, like say bandana altar cloths, which are very common to use as altar cloths, um, sprinkle them with a little holy water, or you can sprinkle them with a little bit of bath salts that you put in uh, warm water for whatever your purpose is, whether it's prosperity bath crystals, crown of success bath crystals, love bath crystals, just a little bit, not a lot, in some water, and then sprinkle that on the cloth, roll it up, and then iron it. You probably have an iron somewhere. If you don't, just flatten it. Um, but, you know, it, it will help to take the crease out, but it also imbues the cloth with the spiritual energy of the herbs and essential oils that went in to make the bath crystals that went in to make the water that you sprinkled. You don't need to soak it, by the way. We're just talking about sprinkling. If you've never learned how to iron, go look it up on YouTube. You'll learn about sprinkling cloth and ironing it on YouTube. The repository of all those things that people are in danger of forgetting. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that true? Yeah. Um, Another thing that people do with altar cloths would be to five spot it. You could put five dabs of that crown of success oil at the four corners and at the center, and that makes a quincunx pattern if you want to. If you want to use the cloth for another purpose, I can tell you that in um, the Louis Claremont book, Legends of Incense, Urban Oil Magic, he recommends folding a square holy cloth or handkerchief square in half diagonally. So you've now made a triangle and you bless your candles. These would be small freestanding candles and you bless them. You can oil them. You pray over them and then you lay them down in that cloth and roll the cloth up around them and turn the corners in. Kind of like making a a little burrito shaped thing. And, um, and that is keeping candles in a triangle until you're going to burn them later in a triangle. It's a nice way to use such a cloth. You know, I just thought of something since this is about changing your thought patterns, and this is where mm-hmm. you cat. Why not fold it in a way and wear it as a bandana so it's directly on your head? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, that's exactly. Well, I wear bandanas all the time, um, and that's a good, you know, a good, a very good way to work. Also, if you're making a bandana, you usually tie a knot at the back. Um, you can put little things in that knot that will never be seen, such as the hair of someone you love or whatever. If you make your bandana with a knot at the back in such a way that you can slip it on or off your head without untying the knot, you can put all kinds of little permanent things in there, like a little tumble polish rock or something, whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm I'm very much in favor of this way of preparing a cloth. Um, uh, I love this way of working. This is so cool. I hadn't considered using cloth in this way, to be honest. It's something to yeah. add to the repertoire. Yeah. I suppose you could um, do it on a larger scale using a bedspread. A bedspread, roll it up with a petition and items inside it, put it in a in a trunk or whatever for several days, for example, to make, bring more love or sex or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, um, I would say a bedspread or the sheets. Um, um, making prepared sheets is, whoa, bombed, dive bombed by very loud music. Thank you. <laughs> and that was very soft music. Uh, you can prepare bed sheets, um, 
with uh, sachet powders and um, a petition, lodestone, and fold them up and keep them in your linen closet until you're ready to use them. Okay. Wow. Well, that was exciting music, but now our music is on. <laughs> so that's our cue um, to thank you so much, Papa G, for that free spell. That was really great. Very versatile, can be used many ways, creatively and artistically. And we're going to turn this over to Clifford. Thank you, Ms. Kat and Conjurman, and thank you, Papa G of FolkMagicStudio.com and Nashville Glamazine for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week um, with, where we broadcast for the holidays, resuming our ordinary, our ordinary broadcast uh, with an Oracle Hour with Susan Barnes on Dowsing. Uh, once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Network Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo form at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe, joining you from clifflow.com. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in again um, in two weeks. At the same time, when you will hear the familiar strains Three. of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thank you, everybody, and goodbye. All right. So uh, the reason we're skipping uh, the next um, couple of weeks is we have the winter holiday season, and then we have the secular New Year coming up. So just uh, if you missed a show, you can tune in for the rebroadcast, of course. But we hope you'll be back with us um, on January 8th, and we will have an Oracle Hour, and we will start the new year right with Dowsing with Susan Barnes. Okay. Um, I want to wish happy holidays to everyone in their own way. We're coming into Hanukkah, Yule, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Secular New Year, you name it. It's all happening. And so... uh, Party responsibly. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> and um, and once you come down off the holiday high, um, be sure you get those uh, hoodoo workshops. <laughs> Good night. All right. Good night. All. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Happy tween days. <laughs>